Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Um, I wanted to say good morning to you guys. I didn't get a chance to do that. I am Pastor Jenny. Um, my amazing husband and I, he's in the back there holding up the wall. Thank you, babe. Good job. Yep. Don't know what we would do without you. Um, we are the Connections Pastors here at the Building Christian Fellowship. We have the awesome privilege to um, get you guys connected in the church. I know. What's a Connections Pastor? Well, it pretty much explains it in the title, Connection. We want you to be connected, not just coming and being a, a part of the church um, or an attender here. We want you to move from being an attender to being a member to being an owner. What? What? I have ownership here. This is my church, okay? That's what we want you to walk around saying, this is my church, because I've invested into it. Like, it's not just the, ch- the church that I rent, where when something goes wrong, somebody else has to take care of it, got to call the landlord. No, this is my church. When something's not going right, I, gotta, I feel a responsibility now. I got to fix it. I got to do something. So um, we're going to talk a little bit this morning, and I'm, I promise I won't be before you too long. Um, I know. I say that. I'm going to really try not to be before you too long, okay? I don't want to lie to anybody this morning. No, I won't. Um, Before we get started, I want to put up a picture. Um, My lovely assistants here this morning. Yeah. Isn't that a great looking group of people? We're in a courtroom. Yeah. But it's for a good thing that we were in the courtroom. So some of you guys, I just wanted to give an update before we got started, because I know some of you have been on this journey, or you've been hearing about the journey that we have been on with our daughter, Imani. Um, back on a few weeks ago, on February 4th, um, we got to make it official, and Imani, we got to officially adopt her into our family. So, it's all official. She's our baby. I mean, to us, she was already our baby, but um, now it's all legal and all of that, and in a few weeks or months, when we get the new birth certificate in the mail, it's going to have in the mail. It's going to have our name, Lanelle Davis and Jenny Davis, on the actual birth certificate. It'll look like we were in Sacramento. Uh, I think it was Mercy San Juan that we were there on March 13th, 2015. I don't really know where we were that day, but it's anybody looking at that document, it's going to look like we were there giving birth to a baby girl, Imani Hope Davis, um, on that day. But um, I wanted to show this picture for two different reasons. One, just to give you guys an update and so that you could see all these amazing people in our lives. But um, one of the things we did that day, we had T-shirts made. Lionel and I and Imani are wearing shirts that say, today is the day. And hers says, officially a Davis. And then her little BFFs down there, Layla and Ryan, were so awesome. Tamijah made them shirts, too, because they saw our, Tamijah was making our shirts. And so they were like, we want shirts, too. Um, and there says that blood, or family is more than blood. And it says our BFF is officially a Davis. Um, but I love that, the, the point of all of that, because if you look up at this picture, um, we have a lot of family up there, but all of our family is not blood. Um, and b- we just believe that, you know, love is what makes a family. It's not about blood. Um, the amazing great things that we're all under the same blood of Jesus. So in a way, we are of one blood. Um, And actually, there's more people in that picture that would be more like church family than they are, than our our blood family. 
And um, I'm showing that because I wanted to talk to us this morning a little bit about small groups. You're like, oh, here we go again. She's, there's, there's Pastor Jenny up there talking about small groups again. What's the big deal? I mean, we say it all the time. Small groups are a big deal. And that's the name of this message this morning. What's the big deal? We're going to talk about why small groups are a big deal. And I know there's a lot of you, you already understand this concept. So just be uh, praying for your neighbors sitting next to you that they, they get on board with small groups as well um, and why it's such a big deal and why it's so important. But in, in a way, you know, it's funny. Our social workers that day were just like in awe. They, they were talking to me after everything was finalized. These people all drove to Sacramento to be at a courthouse at like 9 o'clock in the morning on a Monday morning. That means some people took off work. Some people... Um, like my teenage niece missed school, which she really wasn't complaining about. I don't know why. But, I mean, people took time off work from vacations, from trips, just to be there that morning for a ceremony that lasted like five minutes in total. But they, they sacrificed to be there because I wanted to make them all shirts too, but there was just too many of them. I couldn't make this. But I wanted their shirts to, to say the village on the front because this is our village. Um, and there's even more in our village. Our, our social workers were so pleased and so happy to know that Imani, um, not only was she going to a good home, but that a home that had lots of support around her. Um, and that's what I love. I wish I could sit here and tell you the story of all the different people that are in that picture this morning. Some have been with us just since we've gotten Imani in our lives. Some people have been with us since before Imani. Um, some people were with us before Lionel and I were even married. I mean, like, this is a village that we've been with for a long time. Um, and a good portion of them we met in church. And some of them we even met in, so to speak, a small group. Maybe it wasn't defined as a small group, but we were, like I was talking this in first service about Raquel. We knew each other from church. We were acquaintances, but then we got put into a, like a Bible study together. And so we became study buddies in this class. And that's how we started a relationship was on a couch studying the word of God together. And then we asked some questions about our personal lives. And her babies were all running around because they were just little babies. Rama was still a little, little baby. Um, she couldn't run around yet because she was just an infant. But what? It, that was before Rama. Oh wow. Okay. The twins were little, little, little. Yeah. And then Rama came later. Yeah. Not much later though. <laughs> Anyways, but um, that's how our, and so to speak, a small group sitting on a couch together. That's how our relationship started. And I was trying to remember how long it's been, but it's probably been close to twenty years at this point. We're not old enough for that. Yeah. Okay. But 20 years later, she's part of my village, you know, and she went on this journey with us. And that's what I'm praying that, that gets across to you this morning, that our heart as Connections Pastors is that you too would have a village to celebrate the most important moments of your life and to go through the darkest times of our, the difficult moments together. Because we need each other, whether we want to believe it or not, because we've been hurt by people in the past. And, whoa, I can't depend. My experience tells me I can't depend on people. So I'm good. Just me and Jesus together forever. I don't need anybody else. Y'all are really nice to see on Sunday morning. But during the week, week in and week out, it's just me and Jesus. We're good. I'm going to tell you right now that Jesus didn't even believe that. That we weren't created to be independent, but to be interdependent with one another, and we're going to go into the Word and talk about why it's such a big deal. What's the big deal? 
We've been talking a lot the last several weeks, Pastor John, Pastor Kaya, the different ones that have been up here to speak on Sundays and Tuesdays. We've been talking a lot about discipleship. And discipleship is really hard to do in a big crowd. Discipleship is really just kind of doing life together. But the only way that we can really truly disciple or have real fellowship is in an intimate crowd. Size matters and smaller is better when it comes to building relationships. If we want to really get to know somebody, it's not going to be coming and sitting in a service on a Sunday morning where we'll get to know each other to a certain level. But it's like, you know, oh, yeah, that's Aileen, and she's married to Sam. And they're in the Air Force, and that's, that's it. They've got, a couple, they've got some kids, um, but we don't go beyond that in a Sunday morning. We've got to sit down in a small group and get to know them one-on-one. Like, what exactly do you do in the Air Force? You know what I mean? How, oh, you're in the Army. I'm so sorry. See? See? That's why. We've got to get together and sit down on a couch and talk. What, you know, what, what's your position? What do you do? What, what, tell me about your kids. What are they involved in besides playing the drums, you know, and playing music? And having great hair. That's right. <laughs> Where's Kevin <laughs> with his great hair? Yeah. <laughs> we need to take time to get to know one another. You can worship with a crowd, but you can't fellowship with a crowd. Even Jesus had a small group. Like, he was talking to the crowd all the time. The people would just gather around to hear him speak. But he didn't fellowship so much with the crowd. He fellowshiped with the 12 disciples. That was his small group. And that's who he was able to disciple because he couldn't, he wanted to train them to disciple so they could disciple, start discipling the crowds. Because he knew that he was one person. When he was on this earth, he was only able to be in one body. And one person can't touch everybody but it multiplies. I can touch one, one can touch another, that one touches another, and that's how discipleship works. But it starts in a small group. Real connection takes place in small groups and not in large crowds. I know some of us were a lot more comfortable being in the large crowd because they don't have to, like, show you who I really am. In a large crowd, I can pretend for a little while, and nobody's digging deep into trying to see who I'm, I really am and hear about my life. But in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 10, it says this. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. I love that. He could have just said love people. But he went a little bit deeper and he said, don't just pretend. Because he knew in 2019 that we'd have this thing called social media and that we would call the people on our social media our friends, implying that we have a relationship. And I don't even know you. I've never seen you in person, never, you know, don't know anything really real about you. But I can pretend really good to be your friend on social media. I can pretend to love you. But he says, no, uh I need you to really love. Like it needs to be explained. Back in the day, people just knew that's how you make connections because there was no other way to communicate but to be face-to-face and communicating with someone. That's how you build a relationship. But today, we can trick ourselves into thinking that we're really loving people, but when we're not, we're not being real. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. I love all these descriptive adjectives, all these words that describe Genuine affection. It's got to be real. 
I feel like in this, in today's society, we've become really good, especially in churches at surface level relationships. Smiling, even hugging. How you doing? I'm blessed. You're blessed. Great. Everybody's blessed. Everybody's happy. Let's go home into our miserable lives now. But nobody knows I'm suffering over here because I put on the church face when I'm in the crowd. But it's funny how when you get into a small room, like a living room of someone's house, maybe sitting on a couch, it's funny how that mask sort of starts coming down because you're comfortable. Because there's not a whole bunch of people that you're trying to impress. Because somebody's leading a group discussion and now they've asked me and I have to answer it. It's, it's just a lot easier to just be ourselves. It is. It's hard to hold up the charade. It's hard. We know that there's a lot of things that are important to God. Faith, hope, peace, joy. So many things that are important to God. But the greatest of these, he said, is love. The greatest of these is love. There's nothing that's more important to God. Love is demonstrated. Love is built through relationships. And the, there is nothing that's more important to God than relationships. Ephesians 1.5. It says, God, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Relationship is what he is all about. It's the whole reason he sent Jesus was to restore relationship with his kids with the Father. That's what matters most. It's why he created mankind to begin with was for fellowship and relationship with him and with each other. He knew we were going to need each other in this journey called life. I love this scripture because obviously it's very uh, timely for what Lionel and I have been through as far as adoption and we're just... It's amazing when you go through this process, you start understanding more and more the relationship and the motivation behind what God did by sending his son. You know, Jesus, the, we think that the greatest thing that Jesus did for us by dying on the cross was giving us the gift of forgiveness. But it's not. The best gift that he gave us by dying on the cross was that he placed us in a family. He restored our relationship with Father God. He made it possible for us, again, to be sons and daughters. That's the gift, the true gift that Jesus gave us was not just about forgiveness, but about being placed in a family. He gave us family. The most important lesson that God wants us to learn on this earth, you guys, is how to love. But the only way we're going to learn that is by putting ourselves in a position where we're around other people. And that's why small groups are such a big deal. Because a lot of times there's things <laughs> that we just aren't motivated to do on our own. Like if someone doesn't help, it, help me out a little bit or, or motivate me a little bit or something, I might not ever do it. Like when I started working out, Kaya had to come to my house at 5 o'clock in the morning and literally pick me up to take me to the gym. And it took me like a year of her picking me up consistently every morning to really do it. And if she hadn't picked me up, I might have never started. And sometimes we need a little extra push to do things. And that's why we provide small groups. 
Just like maybe you wouldn't necessarily on your own just go up to some random person in the church and say, hey, I want to hang out with you. But when people who sacrifice and open up their homes for six weeks on a Sunday afternoon so that people can come to their house and sit in a small living room, they're making the, the making it possible for us to have that kind of situation. I have a village today. Lionel and I have a village today because of a small group, so to speak. And it started in a small group. And, and our prayer and our heart for you is that you, everyone in this room, would have a village. We want you to have somebody to celebrate the, mo- the amazing moments with and, and someone to, to be, a, be there to help carry you and encourage you when you go through the tough times because tough times are coming. None of us escape this imperfect world without a little something. This is not a perfect environment that we're living in. That was the Garden of Eden, and one day we'll be in heaven and experience that. But right now we live in an imperfect world where stuff happens. And if it hasn't happened yet, it's coming. And this isn't doom or gloom or someone prophesying something negative. It's just the reality of the world, the imperfect world that we live in. And my prayer, our heart here at the Building Christian Fellowship is that you would be connected to a village. Because we need each other. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 that we were created in God's image and his likeness. And so whatever is important to him should be important to us. We pretend like relationships aren't important after we've been hurt and after we've been disappointed. But the reality is relationships are important to us. And it's important to us even though family members have let us down, um, that sort of thing, or left us, rejected us. We say, that's fine, I don't need them. The reality is we need each other. We need other people. We weren't meant to live this life on our own. So if relationships are important to God, they need to be important to us. And maybe that's what real discipleship is, is learning to love each other. Learning to develop how to love people. If we don't put ourselves in a, in a situation where we're connecting with people or where we're in a, maybe it's awkward at first. That's okay. You just got to get past the awkward moment, okay? But we got to get past, we, relationships have to be as important to us as they are to God. And if something is important to you, you will work at it. Relationships take work. Yes, sometimes you get that lucky moment where, you know, you just connect instantly with someone. But every relationship is not like that. In fact, the majority of relationships are not going to be that easy. They're going to take work. They're going to take time. They're going to require sacrifice. They're going to require us giving grace and overlooking certain things. And just learning how to love each other. Love cannot be learned in isolation. You have to be around people. The amazing, wonderful, brilliant, irritating, frustrating people. Because everybody, everybody in a moment can be brilliant and wonderful in the next moment. Frustrating, difficult. Every relationship that is worth having is going to take some work. Are we willing to put in the work? Good, because we announced that small groups, I don't know if you guys heard, but that small groups are coming up, and you can start signing up literally at this moment right now. You can go onto the TBCF app. If you have not downloaded the app, you can go onto the app store and download the app, push a button, and you'll see the list. You'll see some beautiful pictures of some gorgeous people that are opening up their homes and leading groups across the soon 
Cordelia, Vacaville, Fairfield, there is a home for you. And listen, don't just pick a home based on, you know, I know this person, so I'm comfortable, I'll sign up there. Like, let's stretch our faith just a little bit in 2019 and do something a little bit different and maybe sign up at somebody's house that you don't even really know. Sign up for a group that, you know, with the leader that you're like, I, maybe I've never even met this person because they go to first service and you go to second service and you've never crossed paths. What a great opportunity to meet somebody new. And not only that, there could be people at the group that you've never met before. <gasps> and maybe you can make a connection with somebody new. You know, I'm very aware that relationships take time, and a lot of times then that we get resistant to building relationships because we're so busy. But really, what's more important than relationships? Like, we're really good at filling up the plate, both literally and figuratively speaking here. We're really good at filling up our plates with all kinds of good stuff. I got ministry. I got work. I got, you know, homework with my kid. I've got, you know, all these different things. And all of them are good. I've got school. Nobody's telling you to quit college. Nobody's telling you to quit your job. Nobody's telling you, you know, to take your kid out of this activity or that activity or whatever. Let's just keep the main thing the main thing. Let's just make sure relationships take top priority. First with Jesus and then with each other. It's not always about the quantity of time that you spend together. It's about the quality. It's so important. It's so valuable because one day you're going to have a moment that you want to celebrate with some people. And if you're not investing into relationships, you're going to have nobody on your invite list. Or when you're going through that season, that difficult time, you've lost a loved one. You got rejected. Your heart got broken. Something devastating happened in your life, but there's nobody to really reach out to because I didn't take the time to invest into any relationships. So I'm just going to suffer alone. We need each other. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Let love be your highest goal. Let love be your highest goal. That's top of the list, love. And the only way we can love is to be involved with each other. It's not enough for us to just think, you know, I, I want to be a loving person, just like I want to be a faith person, just like I want to be, you know, someone full of hope. I, I want to be all those things. No, it's the most important. The greatest of these is love. Relationships is most important. I want to be a person that, you know, has a lot of friends and all these things, but until we show ourselves friendly, like the Bible says, we're not going to have friends. Friends take work. Relationships take time. You don't just instantly, you know, I met you today and you're my BFF. No, I mean, it doesn't work like that. You know nothing about me and I know nothing about you until we sit down in a, on a couch in a living room, talk about the word, you know, and then we kind of open the door to talk about our lives. That's how it starts. That's why small groups are a big deal. Relationships are not just something that are nice to do that we squeeze into our busy schedule. Like, the other things should revolve around the relationship if we're really being honest today. I realize I'm not saying every relationship. There's going to be levels of relationships, and certain relationships take more time that you're going to put more time into than others. But you want a village. We want you to have a village. But you got to invest. 
God says that relationships are what life is all about. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. It says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Equally. It's equally important, Jesus said, that you love God and have a relationship with him. And that you love people and have a relationship with others. It's not just about a real relevant relationship with Jesus Christ. It's also about having real relevant relationships with other people. And after we learn how to love God, the next biggest thing we do is learn how to love people. And we can't become who we're supposed to become. We can't do the things that we're supposed to do by ourselves. We think we can. Like, I'm highly motivated. I'm ambitious. I'm driven. I can do this on my own. I don't need anybody else. Good luck to you. Have fun trying. But we need each other. And not only that, when you do it on your own, it's a, you get to the top of the ladder you've been climbing and realize it's pretty lonely up there. That maybe life wasn't all about making a bunch of money or becoming famous or becoming the best at what I do if I can't have anybody to enjoy it with. We discover our role in life through our relationships with each other. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 5. I'm going to read it in the, uh, the message. It says, in this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us find our meaning and function as a part of his body. I've never seen a hand out roaming around all by itself. It will eventually die. Like, you know what I mean? We, we, are, we find our meaning and our purpose when we're all connected to the body. We may not know what that is initially. I can remember when I first started going to church, I didn't know that I, I was, it was in me to be a preacher or to be a teacher or to be a worshiper. I didn't know until I got connected to the body. I started out in the children's ministry, working with kids. And then that, that's when I realized I could maybe get up in front of people and talk. And then they, you know, I kind of knew I could sing, but I, I needed to, you know, they, someone pushed me into doing it. And then when I got a microphone in my hand and I started singing, I realized, oh, maybe I can do this. There were ministries that I tried out that I wasn't so good at and realized, no, that's, that's not what I'm called to do. Like, that's what we're here for. We're going to try some things out. Maybe you're a hand, but we haven't figured that out yet. And we put you on the end of the leg and realize, no, she's not a foot. We got to get her in the right spot, and then we get her connected to the wrist and realize, oh, she's a perfect hand. You know what I mean? Like, there, we discover what we're called to do and the purpose, and I promise you, you have a purpose. You have a purpose. God created you to do something, to be somebody in this earth, to make a difference before you leave this earth. And it doesn't always necessarily mean that you're going to be on a platform preaching or, or telling uh, what am I trying to say? Like a politician or somebody like that that's, that's touching people on a big, you might just be a housewife. I shouldn't say just be. You might be a stay-at-home mom raising up the next Billy Graham. We don't know. You might be raising up the next Pastor John or Pastor Kaya or the next worshiper, our mom, Atira. Like you could be raising the next one. We're called, we all have a purpose. And the, how we figure that out, though, is being a part of a body. We are a body, the Building Christian Fellowship. 
Here's what you might be thinking this morning. Even after all of that, you'd be like, I come every Sunday morning. I come every Sunday to church. I am faithful. I'm here at 1059. This church starts at 11. I sit in the same seat every Sunday. It's my seat. Everybody knows it because I'm here every Sunday. Everybody knows that's my seat. I try to tell these girls that that's my seat there, but then they just all come and, like, take over the seat every week. I don't know. I don't know. They're not scared of me. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, I'm scared. I can be scary. But, um, no, but I come every Sunday. I come Tuesday night, and I sit in the second row on Tuesday nights. Every, everybody knows that's my seat on Tuesday. This is my seat on Sunday because I come every week, week in and week out. So I connect with Jesus. I get the word. I worship in his presence. It's amazing. It's awesome. Why do I need? I feel great. Why do I need to connect with other people? Because maybe you're coasting right now. Maybe life is good right now. And it's real easy when you're by yourself to feel good. Because there's nobody around you telling you anything otherwise. And here's the thing. Okay, this is what I've been thinking about. And maybe you've heard this analogy before, but I'm just going to say it again. We, the church, we are the bride of Christ, right? That's what the Bible tells us. We are the bride of Christ. We're, we're Jesus' wife, okay? We are the bride that he is coming back for. How would you feel? How many of you are husbands in this room? Or you want to be a husband in this room someday to somebody? Yeah, great. Are you going to be cool when somebody comes up to you and is like, oh, I did, Pastor John was here this morning. I was going to use him again. Pastor John, I love you. I want to be your friend. You are so awesome. But we need to talk about your wife because I don't know if I want to be her friend. You know, she offended me the other day, you know. She told me the truth about me, and I didn't like it. You know, or, you know, she didn't say hi to me. She didn't hug me. I, I walked around her several times just to test her out, and she didn't even acknowledge me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I want to be her, but I want to be your friend. You going to be okay with that, husbands? Like, Somebody does, they're cool with you, especially if it's another lady. Like, hey, yeah, I'm going to be friends with them. It's all right if they don't like my wife. That's fine. That's just their preference. It's fine. No. I hope you're saying no, men. I hope right now that you are saying no, especially if you're sitting next to your wife. Okay? Or otherwise, we need to set up some marriage counseling, Sister Margo, with some of these couples. Yeah. Um, but aren't we, isn't that essentially what we're saying to Jesus when we're like, I'm good with coming to church and getting your word, but I don't want to have anything to do with the church, your bride. How do you think that makes Jesus feel? Are you talking about my wife like that? Like, John and Kaya are one. She is him, he is her. That's how Jesus is with us. We are his, he is ours. I'm not going to be too cool about that if I was Jesus. I would not be too happy with that. And that's essentially what we're saying. Yeah, I realize it's difficult sometimes because people can be messy. People can be frustrating, including you, sweetheart, little darling. You know, most of the time I think I'm pretty sweet and pretty nice, but you probably should talk to my husband. You know, he could probably tell you that that's, that's not how it happens all the time. In fact, Imani told me yesterday in front of him, stop talking to my daddy like that. 
I was like, I know. She said it in a very nice, sweet way. She's like, Mommy, don't talk to Daddy like that. And I was like, was I talking mean to him? I guess I, maybe I was. I had to check myself. So I'm, I'm not always sweet and kind, yeah, especially when I haven't had coffee or haven't eaten. Like, that's, just, you know, typical woman right there, probably. I don't know. Most of my friends, that's how we are. We get a little hangry at times and a little uncaffeinated. It's a problem. Um, but a lot of people come to church and they think that because they're faithful to come every Sunday and I let my child go into the back and be watched by these people that I don't know that well, I'm trusting them like you're doing them a favor that they're wiping your snotty kid's nose and they're the ones dealing with your unruly child at times, but you're doing them a favor. I come every week. I might even give an offering sometimes. And we think that that's loving the church, but really that's using the church. I'm using you as my babysitter. I'm using you to tickle my ears and tell me something nice and a message. I'm using you to enjoy the presence of God. But I'm not giving anything. How many of you know it's not a relationship when only one side is giving? A relationship is a two-way street. We give. So that's why you see people, you know, coming at 8 o'clock in the morning to open up the church before all you guys get here at 11 they're here at 8, you guys. That's three hours you've been sleeping that they're here already serving in the church because they're loving the church that loved them. That's why people are serving with the children and they miss both services on a Sunday morning so that we can all come and enjoy the word of God. They're back there watching the kids and not just watching them, they're ministering to our children. I love it when they come home and they've got the memory verse, you know. Monty doesn't always remember all the words, but, you know, something about love and something about Jesus, you know. And, I mean, that's the main thing. She got the main point. She's growing. She's only three, you guys, okay? She's only three. <laughs> you know, it may seem easier. This is uh, not my quote. This is Rick Warren's quote from who wrote The Purpose Driven Life. It says, it may seem easier to be holy when no one is around you to frustrate your preferences. But that is false and untested holiness. It's really easy when you're by yourself because everybody agrees with you. Life is really a lot easier when everybody agrees with you. Amen? Like, it's a lot easier when your kid just cooperates. Like, that makes life easy. But the minute someone's there to be like, you know, it was, it's easy to pick a restaurant when you're the one, only one that has to decide. But what is it about husbands and wives? Like, when we have to decide together about a, refer or, or a restaurant, like, this is my preference, but this is his preference, and then it takes an hour to figure out where you're going to go eat, and then it's just you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the kitchen and that, call it a day. That's what happens. Or you end up going back to the same place you always go to because it's the only place that you can agree on. It's easy, a lot easier when, I, when I'm by myself because I agree with me. Isolation breeds deceitfulness. This is Rick Warren, too. It is easy to fool ourselves into thinking that we are mature if there's no one to challenge us. I think I'm pretty smart. I think I'm pretty good. I make good choices, good decisions because nobody just agrees with me. No one's there to challenge my truth. Oh, I'm so tired of hearing my truth. There is the truth and not the truth. My truth is, is, is what's convenient to me, what makes me feel good. No, the word of God ultimately is the truth. 
the truth is Jesus Christ. He is the word of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But when there's nobody around to challenge us, we never grow. We never really learn how to love because that's part of the skill of loving is loving somebody that disagrees with you. Part of becoming a good person at loving people requires that you be around people that have different opinions than you, different preferences than you, different personalities than you. Doesn't mean those people are always going to be your best friends, okay? But we're still required to love them and be in the relationship of being a brother and a sister. And so it's in, those are the relationships where we really learn to love people. Real connection is so much more than showing up at church together. It really means experiencing life together. It, it, it means discipleship, which that's what it is, learning the skill to love, becoming a loving person. And we really, you guys, you can come up. It's your, we want you we desire for you more than anything, if you could hear my heart, I want you to have a village. Life is so much better. There's a lot of great things we experience in life. You know, becoming the best at what you do feels great when you achieve that. Getting degree, college degrees, it feels great to achieve that, doing well in maybe a sport that you play in, um, doing well at your job, getting promoted. All of those things are wonderful, and they make us feel amazing. Having, earning a lot of money can feel great. You know, a, acquiring things can feel good. But it, when it really comes down to it, it's all about the people in our lives. It made me think, I don't know if this is getting too personal, but it made me think about, um, I was married before, and there's a reason why God hates divorce. And it's more than just the breaking up of a couple. It's, it's like it devastates friends and families because then friend, all your mutual friends are now in the position where they've got to take a side. You know, they, or they try their best to maneuver both relationships, but it's really difficult. Somebody has to take a side. It's, it's ugly. It's, it's, it's not fun. Even in the best scenarios, if you can call it that, even in cases that aren't so ugly, there's still things about it that are so difficult. But in that moment of my life when I was, my marriage was breaking down and when I was going through the divorce, that's when the village really came into my life. And that's when I needed people more. I, I thought I was okay as long as I had my husband and Jesus. We were good. You know, we were ministers. I was youth pastor at the time. And it was a difficult moment. And without the village, without even knowing it, I realized I couldn't have gotten through it when I look back without the people that came around and we want you to have that. I, I, my prayer is that you already have that in place. Like, but if you don't, let's get a part, be a part of a small group. Like, that's the big deal. Is that when you're going through the difficult times in your life, there's somebody there to lift you up, to help carry you. Because the load is a lot easier to carry when I don't have to carry it by myself. Get connected. Go on the app today. Sign up today. Before you leave the church building this morning, go on. Because spaces are limited. And it really, every year, you guys, it fills up. Every time it gets full and then we have to turn people away. Don't let that be you. I'm not trying to scare you into doing it. but And once you make the commitment, stick it out. It might be uncomfortable the first or second time when you're sitting in a group of people. But work through it. 
pay the price, make the sacrifice, because the relationships that can come out of it in the end, we didn't know we were gonna be connected this way 20 years later. You know what I mean? But this is my sister. Like, she's the first person that I'm next to my husband that I'm gonna call when something exciting happens in my life. She's the one when I need advice, I'm gonna go to her because it's taken over time, we've developed this relationship. And that's what we want for you. You know, we, we dismiss relationships as if they're not important and they're the most important thing. I love, let's not be ignorant of the devil's devices. He loves to separate, he loves to divide, he loves to deceive, and there are those of us sitting in this room that have been deceived in thinking that I'm fine as an independent person. I'm just by myself, I'm just a lone ranger, I'm just a whatever excuse we've made to not put ourselves in uncomfortable situations and work at a relationship. Anything that's worthwhile having in life takes work. Let it start on March 10th by joining a small group. Let it start today by signing up for a group before you leave. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.